Welcome to the Taco Tuesday Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by Triple D Wine and Spirit Distribution and Rico's Cheese. Here's your host, Spicy Gumbo. Hello, podcast listeners, and we are in episode four, season four of the Taco Tuesday FFL Podcast. I am joined by not only one of the most knowledgeable people I know, my favorite guest of all times and probably forever, my old co-host, now my sporadic guest from time to time, Guatemalan hysterectomies, GH. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. Very nice intro. I appreciate it. <laughs> Anything for you. So this is GH's second time on podcast this season. So hopefully we'll get to get him a couple more times before this season is over. But how you been, GH? What's what's life been treating you like these days? Uh, things have been good. Um, I, I spent the last couple of days working on our uh, Halloween decorations, uh, which we take very seriously at the GH household, and uh, uh, rebuilt our train that we uh, constructed last year and uh, added a, a few new pieces to the yard and uh, uh, had a lot of fun doing that. So um, I think I'm ready to kind of sign off and, and finalize uh, all the decorations for now. But uh, yeah, we're in a good place. It's it's interesting. Uh, I know you you live in an area where, like, the Halloween decorations. You, there, there's people that come around and they, you know, put signs in your front yard. You know, uh, fourth place or honorable mention or you, yeah. you, that kind of stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, so not, that, not that not that I'm competing. I uh, I uh, <laughs> I've, I've got first place in Halloween and Christmas and in the past, and so I'm retired now. But uh, you know, I got all these decorations. Might well keep keep putting them up. So. So you would you would you you would decline an award should you win one? If they put it in my yard, I would be forced to accept it. But uh, <laughs> uh, I'm not actively campaigning like I was uh, in previous years for votes. Got it. <laughs> just, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> oh, it's funny. You know, it's 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 kind of the same thing in our neighborhood. We have like there's always the uh, this. I would say in general, I don't know how it is where you're at, but maybe like ten percent of the people decorate maybe, but those 10% that decorate really decorate, you know, they go all out and we're in this definitely a competition. I don't know if that's about the percentage in y'all's neighbor or not, but we're the same way. We, I got a, uh, my wife, my wife built like these little cutouts. We have a whole Charlie Brown Halloween going on in the front yard. So it's, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty cool. So. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely in the overachiever category and not, not to get too sappy, but it's really nice when the kids kind of stop by from the neighborhood and, you know, people kind of take pictures and stuff like that. That's really nice. Um, I had one day last year, I was being kind of lazy, getting off the butt, getting out there and turning all, all the stuff on. And uh, my wife was kind of prodding me to get out there. I finally went out there and there was this little boy with his mom and they were kind of waiting in the front yard. And I asked them, I was like, hey, were you guys waiting for me to turn stuff on? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, oh man, so I felt really bad. So now it's, there's almost this kind of obligation. I feel like now I don't want to let any letting your little kids down or anything that are coming by, you know, so uh, a lot of pressure. It's, it's interesting. We're going on a total tangent from fantasy football, but I think the viewers, the, the listeners like to hear about you're, you're not, you're my life. And if they don't tough, they're going to anyway. So um, we have these giant um, oak trees in our front yard, pretty big. They're pretty old. I would say easily past, you know, the second story of a house, 30 feet tall. And, um, and, you know, I'm 
not as spry as I was about 20 years ago. I'm climbing these trees, trying to put lights on. And last year I was telling my wife, you know, I, I, I really don't feel like I brought like this harness with this bungee and, you know, safety gear. I'm all, I don't feel like jumping in this tree again. I'm just not, not the same guy <laughs> you know, jumping in this tree 15, 20 years ago, hanging up these lights. And she's like, okay, let's be the last year we do it. And, you know, then we'll just figure out just to put stuff on the ground. You know, you want to get jump up in a tree and rent a cherry picker and those kind of things. I was like, okay, yeah. so I'm, I'm up in this tree. I'm putting lights on and the same kind of same kind of same story a little kid walks by and i don't i'm not i'm not i don't see him he doesn't see me because I'm, I'm up in the tree and we're happy we have a christmas stuff on the on the ground and he like tells mom 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 this is the house this is the house this is the house that does every year I was like, oh man <laughs> all right i guess i'm going back up next year so. yeah you are <laughs> oh man okay <laughs> enough with our domestic stuff my friend what how, how do you feel about the football so far you like you like as we're four games into the season um you know a lot of teams are dealing with all kinds of stuff and your fantasy team is two and two <laughs> mine is not doing quite as well but i'm still optimistic how do you feel about um your team and NFL as a whole um, so far? I, I feel good for the most part. I, I have dodged like crazy injuries. I feel like uh, every year, uh, at least at the beginning of the year, I mean, just some crazy banana stuff happens. And uh, for the most part, I've kind of dodged that and find some wood to knock on. Uh, but but so far, so good. Uh, you know, I'm pretty pleased with that. So, uh, let, you know, let's let's see how things kind of play out a little bit uh, heading into the middle of the season. But uh, for now, you know, I'm uh, I'm doing all right. Yeah, I try. I try to stress, you know, at this point, it's still relatively early. Even teams that are one and three are zero and four. Um, you know, I think usually when we get to like maybe a six loss or a seven loss mark, you kind of like, okay, I got to start hedging my bets for next season. But it's still relatively, relatively early. And I, I want to, I, 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 I say this because you know. Like my, my team's not doing so hot. And I looked at my second week, man, why did I lose this week? I had pretty good points. Oh, um, that person had <laughs> Tua and Tyreek. Why did I lose week three? Oh, that person had Mark Andrews and Khalil Herbert. They went off. Why did I lose this week? Oh, that person had <laughs> had Hawkinson from Detroit. I was, oh my God. I, I mean, I mean, every, every, it's it just, I, I, I've, I've come to a realization um, that fantasy football, it, it, it takes some skill and some savvy trading. I think there is some skill behind it. But timing, I think timing is so important with, with fantasy football. You could have a great team, but if you're going up against guys that just happen to blow up at certain points each week, because I, I was looking at it, man, the guy I would have played last week, I would have toasted him this week and vice versa. So I like timing. And I'm, 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 I'm a big believer in if you're 0-8, if you're 0-9 later in the season, I will always try to put my best team out there every week. That's what makes it fun. This makes it fun talking football. So don't give up hope, everybody. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Okay. Um, we, we got some we, – we, GH I decided to do, we just got picked out some games um, to talk about, maybe some fantasy implication of those games within the game, and then moving forward within um, going through week five and throughout the season, we got a few injuries that happened and some waiver ads that may help you all out. But the first game we're going to discuss, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this game, listeners, just because it was last Thursday, and I really think this has kind of been um, beaten a little bit too much. But I do want to talk a little about the fantasy implications from last Thursday night's game between the Bengals and the Dolphins. So first off, um, I, I saw I saw a tweet GH recently. Hey, look, the Bengals finally got their best receiver <laughs> into the game. <laughs> How do you feel yeah. about Higgins, Chase? I, 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 I personally think they're equal with Higgins possibly being a little bit better, but I may be a minority there. What do you think? You know, I know Higgins is producing uh, more lately. 
and uh, he's he's a stud in his own right. He was elite at Clemson, and uh, uh, you know I think it's taking a little bit of time to kind of get things kind of ramped up in the NFL. Uh, but I still think Chase is uh, the better wide receiver, and I think he's one of the premier uh, wideouts in the league. And um, for whatever reason, I think that things have been kind of a little tepid with uh, Burrow and Chase uh, uh, this year, especially compared to last year. But um, I, th- I think it's just a matter of time before that erupts. And uh, I definitely wouldn't give up on that. And I-, I think Chase is superior. I think at this point of the season, um, people look back at their draft and they say, like, oh, I got a great value on this guy. Or, oh, man, I could have I waited on this guy. And I, 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 I agree with you to an extent, GH. I do think Higgins is, is great in his own right, like, like you said. Um, right now, Higgins is um, coming off at uh, wide receiver 11 on the year, half-point PPR. Chase is coming off at wide receiver 14, half-point PPR. So will those come closer together? Will Chase take over Higgins? Remains to be seen. But I think at this point, I could say if you drafted Higgins, you are doing very well. <laughs> um, and if you drafted Chase, you're – happy with the results but you know it's you're, you're not upset with being wide receiver 14 in the year but mm-hmm. you're that, he, he's a, he's a top five wide receiver so you're probably kind of like eh, didn't draft so great there but again it's early so i yeah. I, I, I remains to be seen let's see what that that offense can do um now that like i said burrow's gotten a little bit more seated i think mixon's mixon um is mixon's also one of those guys i just don't know what to do with either of course he's a stud you start him um, but he's like, <laughs> I hate to put him in this category. He's getting into that Najee Harris <laughs> zone where mega, mega load usage, 80, 90% of the, of the yards and the um, snap percentage, but his um, numbers aren't nearly as good as they were last year. Do you think Mixon owners should think about maybe trading him or do you think maybe they should stick around, stick for a few more games? What would you do? I asked you this because you are a Mixon owner. So I want to see what you thought. Um, so yeah, a little biased. Uh, I think I think you got to own as many Cincinnati Bengal offensive players as you can, uh, just because I think it's one of the most explosive, consistently explosive offenses in the league. And you know they're they're a little behind uh, this year to start the year, but uh, again, uh, that's just a matter of time before things start clicking for them. Burrow, uh, don't forget, you know had an appendectomy a couple weeks before the season started, so he just needs a little bit more time in the saddle, and he'll be good to go. And, uh, you know, that's a high-powered offense. And, you know, just, just for getting a participation trophy and just participating on their offense, you're going to generate a good number of points. And, uh, you know, maybe Mixon's a little uh, high-floor, low-ceiling type of guy. But uh, I'm, I'm happy with him, and uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what the rest of the uh, season holds for him. Yeah, I think that's a really good assessment there. Going on the other side, speaking of medical procedures, um, um, Tua has already been ruled out. Week five, um, concussion protocol did not look. Or I'm not gonna go too much into it. Again. I think I've seen so many um, people who claim to be doctors on Twitter giving their diagnosis and what should have happened. <laughs> and you being a doctor in the medical field, you, know, you saw what happened. You know, would you would you do you think he should have been playing that game? Do you do you not? What are you, what are your thoughts on that, um, GH? So really, try not to second guess doctors. Uh you know, when I didn't see the patient myself, because, uh, you know, who, who knows uh, what was said or what was found on certain tests, etc. It's really hard to diagnose over the TV. You know, I'll just, I'll just tell you just on, on the surface, you know, it, 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 it didn't look good uh, two weeks ago. And uh, I was j- just as surprised just about everybody else that he was cleared and ready to go back in there, you know, and, uh, you know, I don't think that's a hindsight uh, thing. So uh, again, I just, I just caution everyone kind of, uh, 
you know, withhold judgment and reserve judgment until more information comes out. It's definitely, you know, it seems fishy. My eyebrows are raised, but, you know, I, I guess I'd like to know more. Uh, the fact that they've already canned the dock, you know, uh, doesn't look good for that dock. Uh, but, you know, it's tough to say if he's just the fall guy for uh, some pressure that was coming from people above him, too, you know. Um, I, I don't want to die on a hill defending that doc, you know, but uh, I would just say, you know, I'd, I'd like to know more information, I guess. Agreed. I, I think we I think as as analysts and spectators and fantasy football managers and just people from the outside, of course, we're going to analyze it and look at it from our perspective. But you're right. We really can't. We don't know what's going on inside that tent. We don't know what's going on inside that locker room. We definitely don't know what's going on behind the business doors um, of that organization. So, yeah. I, I, I take your opinion above many of the, the jack wagons I talked to on Twitter, GH. So I appreciate yeah. your perspective. Um, but th- talking about that, like let's 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 talk about the the fantasy implications. Hopefully, two is better. He comes back. We'll see what happens in that situation. But let's go ahead and talk about. It. So now you got um, Tyreek, who is wide receiver number two currently on the year, and Waddle, who is wide receiver number four currently on the year. They got they got um, Teddy Bridgewater throwing to him now. Of course, you start them, but do you temper expectations with Teddy as opposed to Tua? Oh yeah, absolutely, without without question. You know, uh, what what Tua do in fantasy a couple of weeks ago, eighty five points or whatever it was. Uh, I, mean, I don't think I've ever seen that before in ever in fantasy football history. I mean, he's slinging it all over the place. And you know, I, I told you when we first uh, did our first podcast of the year. You know, my, my team to watch was Miami, the the Dolphins. You know, because they brought in Tyreek, Ty- they already had Waddle, and uh, you know, my hot take was that that Tua was a really good quarterback, just kind of need the pieces around him, and I, I feel like they got him in the off season. You know, and sure enough, man, you know they lit fire. But um, yeah, I just I wouldn't expect much out of Bridgewater, and uh, didn't like what I saw when he came in at the end of that game, and uh, I think Waddle only finished with six points, so I think there's going to be some suffering there. With that said, uh, I, I would have predicted the same for the Cowboys once Dak went down. But uh, Cooper Rush uh, surprised me there. So you never know. But uh, I, personally, I, I wouldn't bet on it. I, I think uh, I think you're right. Tempering expectations moving forward for the Dolphins. Yeah, moving, in, moving into the um, Cowboys game. We'll jump right into it. You know, this guy finished up with the Miami talk. Yeah, I, I, I think as, as owners, you put Hill and Waddle in there no matter what you have to. And kind of just like, okay, knowing that they're possibly could have a much lower floor with Bridgewater throwing them the ball, maybe try to hedge your bet somewhere else. Moving into that Cowboys game, we'll jump down Cowboys and Commanders. Yeah, I am the, the manager in our league who bought low on CD with my – good friends and esteemed colleague here, GH. I don't think either of us really lost out on that trade too much. Um, but yeah, I, I bought, I bought CD was it after week two, we traded, you, you gave me yep. CD. Okay. So yeah, I think the last two weeks um, he's produced um, over 200 yards, a couple of touchdowns of Cooper rush. And, and with Dak coming back soon, I I don't know. I mean, what, what, what do you do there? He, I mean, obviously Dak's your quarterback. Yeah, Cooper rush isn't careful. He's going to be the, starting quarterback of Carolina next year. Who knows? So you never know what that's happened in that situation. But uh, if, if you're, if you're, if you're Jerry Jones and Dak's ready to go, do you put him back in and take Cooper Rush out? Even though Cooper Rush has won three games in a row. What would you do? Um, so they asked him about this. Uh, and I want to say it was, maybe they asked him about it after Cooper Rush's first game. And I think they were just trying to stir the pot. Uh, but of course, Jerry Jones welcomes that. 
but they they asked him, hey, you know what 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 are you gonna do if Cooper Rush keeps winning? Like, who's who's gonna is Dak just automatically gonna get his job back, et cetera? And Jerry Jones answered that by saying, uh, it, it's up for competition, you know, and uh, he'll have to come back and compete to to win his starting job. I think I think which raised a bunch of eyebrows, you know, because you know Dak's kind of uh, almost been labeled their fra- franchise quarterback and uh, quarterback of the future. And, um, but again, you know, Jerry Jones, in my opinion, he's not about winning football games. He's about creating notoriety and publicity and any publicity is good publicity in his eyes. And, uh, you know, the Cowboys are worth billions of dollars, billions with a B. And, um, you know, I I don't think Jerry Jones has a terrible strategy, you know, trying to make his franchise worth more money, you know, and, uh, but, but clearly he's not about uh solely winning you know uh if 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 people are talking about the cowboys i think he's happy and you know i think a part of that uh, is going to parlay into cooper rush versus dak when dak comes back and uh, it's going to be hard to upset the apple cart man if cooper rush remains undefeated here in a couple weeks uh you know i i think there's a real discussion to be had there uh, regardless of the publicity around the the competition Agreed. I think, um, yeah, Jerry Jones trying to sell as many Cooper Rush jerseys as he can right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. And I think the, the worst case scenario that could happen to GH is if they bring Dak back and he loses a couple of games in a row. You know, I, I, I just, and it's, it's hard to even, even fathom that. What do you do in that situation? So again, I'm, I'm with you. I, I do think, I think Dak opens the doors a little bit more as far as what you can do as an offense, but Heck, you're winning football games, but we, like you said, we're going to see what they do in a few weeks. But I, I, I'm moving to the other side of the ball. You know, we could talk about the Cowboys for a while. I kind of want to talk to the, about the Commanders because, you know, even after all is said and done, Wentz is still, let's see, QB9. He's QB9 on the year right now. And yeah. <laughs> on a one in three Commanders team, that I, I, I see them trot out there. And, I'm all there's exactly why uh, Philadelphia didn't work out and, and Indianapolis did not work out. And I'm pretty sure this is going to be a one year and done with Wentz in Washington as well. Um, what do you, what are you doing with these, with these Washington playmakers? I, I, I really don't even know who to start in this, in this offense. Who are you, who, who are you starting? Yeah, I'm not, uh, not a huge fan. Um, and I, you know, I think there's a reasonable argument to, to make to bench Wentz and go with Taylor Henneke. Uh, um, it's just, it's a messy situation all around. I'm glad I'm not the coach and have to figure that whole thing out. Yeah. I think even the running back situation, I, 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 and I, I will get a little bit more of this into our waiver wire ads, but Brian Edwards is coming back from his double gunshot wound. He's been activated to come off the IR, um, as of today. We'll see if he does, if they activate him for week five, but we'll see. And Antonio Gibson, his snap share has gone from 60 to 50 to 39% in subsequent weeks. I don't see that snap share changing. So I actually do think Brian Edwards might be an interesting stash. If you guys have space on your IR form, he's still currently available and kind of like something, something really terrible, like, like 80% of leagues and sleeper and Yahoo leagues is still available. So if he's still out there, stash him, he may be worth something, but um, going to a couple more games before we, before we break away, I don't want to go into our way boy ads just yet. I can, I can go on and on about <clears throat> injuries. Um, the Viking saints game. I want to talk about this game just a little bit because it was an international game happened across the pond, um, 8 30 AM <laughs> kickoff time. Did you, did you wake up to see that game? GH? I was not on time, but I did catch some of the game. 
<laughs> and um, I'm this is the, the the league of reference here, the Taco Tuesday League. It's the league I love. Um, I am a Kamara owner, so I did see the news about half an hour before game time. So I was able to bench him. I, I don't know who I put in there. I think all I had was DJ Moore, so I just threw him into my my flex slot, moved things around. But uh, it was not a good day for Spicy Gumbo. <laughs> many many people get knocked out of the game. But it's it's. I, I, and other leagues I'm in, I, I commissioned I've got a couple of leagues, one with my family. My nephew texts me like at, at 2 p.m., mind you. He's like 21 years old, my nephew. <laughs> He's all, hey, Tio, Chris, uh, hey, I, I, I have Kamara, and I didn't realize he was out. <laughs> I was like, well, you better get your ass up next time and check. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh, man, it's, it's, it's fun stuff. But um, talking about the fantasy value in those games so we know that um Jameis was uh, a scratch as well i think michael thomas was a late scratch there you know and the saints still actually almost pulled it out it took a last minute <laughs> double doink field goal for them to lose that game yeah. and you know what are you doing with the the saints fantasy players are you put <laughs> are you playing olave and nobody else or you know the, the other people on that team you would still take chances on you know, it's another messy situation. Again, I'm glad I'm not the coach there. It's just, it's, it's one that I, I try not to gravitate to and avoid at all costs. I mean, if there's something intriguing there, like an Alave, yeah, I'll, I may dabble a little, but uh, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's got, it's got a mess written all over it, you know. And uh, it, again, somebody could go off, you know, and and somebody may may have a good week here and there, but uh, you know, I think by and large, you know, the, those are the type of offenses that you may try to stay away from. Um, I, th- I think Kamara of all of them uh, is somebody to kind of hang your hat on, but you know, he's got the, the nagging injury issues and who knows lingering arrest stuff kind of hanging over his head. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, I, I, th- I think there's value there, um, but um, I don't know. It's just, it's not something I'm drawn to, you know, it's just, uh, it's something I feel like is more on the, the decline than the incline. Yeah, I agree. I, I just, Again, being a Kamara owner who also I got a lovely trade with my friend here, GH, um, I, I, I can't even get a hot cup of soup and a round 12 draft pick for that guy right now. I've been trying to <laughs> draft the trade around our league. So we'll see what happens. I, I may end up just having to stick it out with them and hopefully maybe get a favorable matchup where he's not a late minute scratch and have to throw him in there. But yes, Kamara owners, you're, it's, it's unfortunate because right now he's, he's at a buy low um, points. He's at a, uh, people will not give you much for him, especially for, for those that drafted him, um, from, you know, round two, maybe late, early round two, late round two. So it's, it's, it's a tough situation all around for Kamara owners. We'll see what happens on the whole saints offense. But you're right. If your name isn't Olave, I am not putting you in any fantasy lineup right now. <laughs> you, you know, for me, uh, I, I'd say Kamara is kind of the opposite of Mixon. You know, I said Mixon was kind of high floor, low ceiling, but I think Kamara's low floor, high ceiling. Uh, so, you know, don't trade him away. Um, you know, nobody will give you something for him, then that's okay. You know, just stash him away. And uh, if he hits more on the high ceiling side, then you, you'll be golden, you know? Um, but I, I don't know. If I were in your shoes, I, w- I wouldn't trade him away. Let's just uh, stick it out and see what happens. I mean, if anybody's going to explode on that team, it'll be him. Yeah, it's um, and just um, as far as listeners go, we are recording this. I had a little note here. 
Um, we are recording this. It's Monday afternoon, so we do not know anything that's going on with the Monday night football game um, against the Rams 49ers. So if you wonder why we're not talking about any of those players, because we don't know what's going to happen. By the time you hear this, that game would have already been happening. And we get the uh, <laughs> – I actually put a little sad face. I'm like, why did I put a sad face here? Oh, yeah, it's a Jimmy G primetime game. That's going to be great. So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, so – We'll get out. Okay, let's let's go a knockout and go into some key injury updates and waiver ads. Before we do, I've got a quick commercial from one of our sponsors, Rico's Cheese. Yummy. We're gonna do that real quick, and we'll be right back. Sometimes you don't open an entire can of Rico's Cheese just for yourself. Well, if you're me, maybe you do. <laughs> but if you don't, don't worry. Rico's has you covered. They offer a variety of snacks you can take with you on a road trip, put in a lunchbox, or eat whenever you want, especially if it's just a party of one. It's the perfect size snack. Look for Rico's On The Go cheese sauce and chip packs wherever Rico's is sold. And we're back. Thank you, Rico's, for that wonderful commercial. So we had some key injuries happen and this is why i always say the season the fantasy season is early my friends week four and we had some big ones happen this past week so i right off the top of the list um cordero patterson um on the ir he has had a lingering knee issue when he went into that game sunday i think he played maybe like a couple of drives he actually scored a touchdown but played maybe a total of maybe 14 or 16 snaps came out tried to go back in there came back out, ended up stalling him at IR. He is not eligible to come back until week nine. Wow. So as Cordell Patterson owners, who should they be looking out for, GH? Um, I apologize. I don't know his backup, but uh, it's really unfortunate what happened to him because, uh, you know, he was one of the guys I was kind of predicting would have a pretty sharp drop-off this year. And, I mean, I, I guess now I'm right. But uh, he was actually performing really well through these first few weeks. Um it took much to my surprise. And uh, so I'm, I'm really kind of uh, sad to hear about his injury just because he was having a good year. Uh, yeah, he was, he was running back, running back nine on the year so far. I mean, just, just to think that, you know, like Nathan Taylor was running back like 28. So, I mean, it's wow. just, it's amazing how good of a year um, he was having so far. And it's, it's kind of unfortunate. I mean, this, this is exactly where I think people that drafted him, knew this could be an outcome. Like they knew he was going into 32. He's with 31 going to 32. Mm-hmm. You know, he's had some high mileage on the tires. So I, I think people who drafted him, I think maybe were mentally prepared for this, but still it sucks. It sucks for him and it sucks for the Atlantis Falcons and the owners. So um, Tyler Algier is the rookie. Um, he had over hundred yards. He's available in 82% of sleeper in Yahoo leagues. And well, the other guy, Caleb Huntley is available in 99% of <laughs> sleeper in Yahoo leagues. There is two backups and I'll say this. So you when, and I think, I think I was listening to another podcast. I want to say it was either Frank Schwab or Scott Pianowski. I can't remember who said it, but they were mentioning backfields. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to, running backs that you want to target. So there's some backfields that are just a mess. Like I don't, I don't even go target the Eagles. I don't target certain backfields because they have three running backs, maybe four running backs rotating in there all the time. So you always try to look for a two running back backfield. So I think these two guys are going to do pretty well with, with the 
with the hand being slowly tilted towards Tyler Algier just because he's a better pass catcher. I mean, he had 10 carries last week and he had about, I think he had 10 carries in week two. So I, I think he is going to be the guy that you should strive for. Um, 82% of leagues, good pickup. Um, and if you can't pick him up, go try to find Cable Huntley, third stringer. I think they're going to mix him up here and there. Here and there. So another um, big injury um, for Denver Bronco fans was Devontae Williams. Did you hear that news, GH? No. How long is he out for? Um, the rest of the season. You know, torn ACL, MCL. That sucks. Yeah, big time. So I, I don't, I don't know what to do in this situation because I mean, Melvin Gordon had another fumble this past game. I think that's, let's see, four on the year. He's already had four fumbles this year, and it's only week four. So it's, it's a backfield. I don't even know. I mean, if you asked me who Mike Boone was before this game, I would yeah. not have known. That is their third string running back. He actually got in at about fifty percent of the snaps. Wow. He's available in ninety-eight percent of leagues. I, I, I. I guess if you're a, a Williams fan, you go you a Williams owner, you go you go pick him up. What would you do there, GH? <laughs> um, I mean, if you're desperate, yeah. I mean, go ahead and pick him up. Um, I don't know. Running back situations start to get messy at this point when they start to reach for the backups because they, I mean these things are already a lot of times running back by committee, but they really turn into running back committee, running back by committee when the starter goes down and then they start dipping into second, third, fourth string guys. I mean, and, and then all of a sudden the carries are getting split like three ways. I mean, it just gets absurd. It's it's really hard. You got to find that bell cow. I think there's only a couple, even 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 trusted ones. We just talked about a Mixon and Harris. Yeah. Najee Harris used to be trusted bell cows. And even now, I mean, they're, they're still seeing about 80% of the, of the snaps, but it used to be 95 last year. They would be out there for every carry. So it's kind of gone down. So it's hard to find, especially those two back backfields, three back backfields. It's, it's just hard. So, but if, if you're, if you're, if you're desperate, Mike Boone, he's out there, he's available. I think he had, you know, about 12 carries, you know, 60 yards, nothing to, nothing to sneeze at. And if you have a giant void now with Devontae yeah. Williams out and you don't also own Melvin Gordon, who I don't think they like too much there anymore either. Cause they gave him barely the one year, $1 million extension. I gave him the minimum just to stay hang in there, but they are not happy with his production or his fumbling issues. Mike Boone might be a good guy to go pick up. So those are the two guys that are kind of the really like those guys are out there, not coming back for a while. Um, Corderell and Devontae. A couple of guys that are um, kind of questionable for next week. Uh, Michael Thomas, who we talked about earlier. Daniel Jones. Um, and Amon Ross St. Brown. So these are three guys that kind of kind of have fantasy implications. Let's talk about them one at a time here. Uh, Michael Thomas, um, Saints you know it's it's same story fourth year comes in injured comes in injured and i i don't know what to tell you saints fans i mean marquez callaway played, yeah. played 96 percent of the snaps out there at that game and he's available in 99 percent of yahoo and sleeper leagues do you do you plug him in gh again same thing there with boone i mean if you're desperate at wide receiver yeah go go take a gander on him you know just um Again, I'm just not gravitating towards the Saints at all. I honestly, I'm not even sure, but I think I have Michael Thomas on my team, uh, and uh, I just got a low, low uh, uh, excitement level about him producing for me at any point in the season. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep him <laughs> on there because he was the number one wide receiver in, in the league. You know, just a few seasons ago. Um, so, you know, obviously, I'll keep him stashed, and uh, but he, he's gonna have to prove it like multiple weeks for me to trust him to put him in my starting lineup. And uh, Callaway, man, I, pr- I probably need to see a whole season out of him of producing <laughs> gigantic numbers before I'd have confidence in him. 
so, you know, again, if, if you're desperate at that position, yeah, take a gander on him. But otherwise, I'd steer clear. Yeah, it's hard, too, because of Jameis out as well, yeah. um, possibly out for multiple weeks with those back fractures. You have the red rocket thrown to you. So, yeah. so. <laughs> Andy Dalton. So we're not sure what to do. I, I would stay away from the whole New Orleans <laughs> wide receiver tree altogether. Um, another one, Daniel Jones. Um, you know, this is a this is interesting, you know, because um, Daniel Jones is actually QB. QB 14 right now. I mean, wow. he's not terrible, but he's not way, way higher than I would guess. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's higher than um, Wilson. He's higher than Carr. I mean, he's he's doing pretty well as far as the definitely higher than Jimmy. So it's funny that the, 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 the top four QBs, Jackson, Allen, Hurts, Mahomes, pretty consistent. But then you get into the next, next, next rung and you have Goff, Burrow. Murray Herbert. Uh, you get into the third tier, and this is where it gets really funky. Gh, you have Wentz, Gino, yeah. Gino Smith, Tua, and then you get into um, Jones, Carr, all those guys. But uh, Gino Smith is what I want to talk about. For you know, yeah, I don't think anybody's talking about this guy. He is currently QB ten on the season. A lot of a lot of potential there in Seattle, and you know, Pete Carroll pretty good coach and he's got a decent running he's got a great tandem in receivers there I and mean, what do you think is he a, a plug-and-play for possible winston and or daniel jones owners yeah absolutely it, you know i heard some stat the other day that he had uh he's generated something like 70 more points than russell wilson this year i, I may have that exact number wrong but uh it, it was by a significant margin that he's generated more fantasy points than russell wilson this year uh absolutely blows my mind so yeah, I, you know Pete Carroll has been a, a offensive mastermind since the, his USC days in college, and uh, you know a lot of that's carried over to Seattle. I think most people were kind of expecting a big drop off with uh, Russell Wilson departing, and um, you know he seems to be doing fairly well there without him. And uh, so yeah, absolutely. If you need a quarterback, uh, Geno Smith's a place to go. Yeah, Russell Wilson owners are <laughs> are looking at Geno Smith on most waivers. I want to say he is available in eighty seven percent of Yahoo sleeper leagues. So yeah, I mean, I, it's it's hard because you you probably wasted some kind of draft capital on Wilson when you when you picked him up, you know, late late round quarterback, but you wasted some kind of draft capital on him. And is he? droppable at this point maybe not but he's definitely benchable at this point oh, yeah. and, and picking up a different qb so geno smith's out there guys i mean i mean golf's out there in a lot of waiver wires and you can't do much worse than than, than the wilson's been these past few weeks but um we could talk about a few more injuries but i think uh, let's give the listeners what they came for gh you know what time it is four questions let's do four it Four questions round two for you this year four questions so you know the rules maybe four questions and at the end of the year um and i'll do the average of yours i won't i can't say i'll take the better score of the two because that would not be fair i'll take the average of your scores if you come on some subsequent um podcast and we'll see where your final score is what did you how did you do on your first week of four questions were you two for four i feel like i was two for four i missed uh, a patented uh u.s president's question probably and then uh 
Um, I can't remember what other one I missed. Oh, it was like an 80s trivia, and I think I guessed David Bowie, but the answer was Prince. I can't remember what the question was. Um, That's right, Purple Rain. Um, I think that was the question. So I am, luckily you have no presidential question this, this time. Ooh. I do have four questions here, and we'll take the average of all your time on, and the person who does the best at the four questions gets a nice giant bag of popcorn and cheese from our friends at Rico's. Are you ready? Yeah, but just real quick, I just want to complain because I studied all day U.S. presidents and anticipation. Of, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, yes, please. please. <laughs> well, I, I hate to t- I hate to tell you this, Jace, but there is no <laughs> there's no there's no categories on four questions. You get yeah. what you get. <laughs> okay, okay, hit me, hit me, hit me. All right, Eric, here. This this is actually a a geographical question. It's based on fat consumption. What nation? It's multiple choice. It gives you some. Gives you some. What nation? leads the world in per capita fat consumption france germany switzerland or the united states gosh i mean you just you gotta lean towards the u.s right uh give me the answer choices one more time france switzerland Uh germany or the u.s per capita fat consumption per capita germans are pretty hefty <laughs> like, like worse, right? We, we have I a think... large German listening crowd. Sorry about that. We love you guys out there. Yeah, yes, I apologize. Uh, Fat-free Rico's cheese for all of you. Okay. Um, I, I think I think uh, that's kind of a trick question because I think you want me to think U.S., uh, but I'm going to go with Germany. Yeah, it, it it is a trick question. It's actually France. France is the the world's leader in per capita fat consumption. Eat a lot of cheese out there, yeah, all kinds sense. of souffles and a lot of cream-based sauces. I mean, it's. It, it, I think the biggest hint in that question was per capita, because yeah, Got you it. think, oh, U.S. is a lot of fat people, but <laughs> I guess yeah. France has a smaller group of fat people, but a more percentage of the population. Okay. So, so Germany, Germany, where are they up there as well, or is it just France kind of by itself? It was France, then U.S., and then Switzerland, then Germany. That oh, was sorry. the ranking. So, so I had the worst answer choice. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> You'll make it up on this one. You make it up on this one. Okay, let's see. Question number two. 80s, I guess 90s music. 80s, 90s music. Name any two of the four members of the band U2. Uh, okay, so easy one is Bono. Bono's one of them. Uh, and who's the guy that's always leaning up against him? Um... Uh, Edge, don't. Um, this isn't a final answer, but I think his name's like Edge, right? Uh, I'm gonna go with Edge. I'm gonna give it to you. So his real name is um, Dave Evans, but he's technically known as the Edge. So the, yes, the Edge. Okay. The Edge. I'll give it to you. And the other two guys, people really don't know, Adam Clayton and Larry Mullen. But um, yes, um, Bono and Dave Evans, also known as the Edge, is the correct answer. One for two, buddy. One for two. Cool. Let's go two for three. Okay. Let's see what we got here. Um, <laughs> 90s movies. What children's book did Forrest Gump keep in his suitcase? Was there a hint about the book itself? <laughs> um, there are numerous times where he takes it out and looks at it, and he also reads it with his son at the end of the movie. Yeah, I'd be just I'd just be wasting time. Tell me. 
Curious George. Curious George was the book he carried with him at all times in a briefcase, and he gave it to his son. It's okay. But one for two, you may be able to tie your two for four from before, or if you don't, your average will go down. You ready? <laughs> Hit me. All right. Hockey question. Hockey question. NHL question. Uh -oh. What hockey player started his NHL career with St. Louis in 1989 and has a nickname of Cujo? Kucho is like a dog. Um, somebody with a dog nickname. Uh, I, I, again, I'd be wasting your time. I'm sorry. I don't know. Curtis Joseph. Curtis Cujo. Joseph. Cujo. Cujo. Got it. Um, yeah, very, very. He, he was. They called him Cujo, yeah, because he was very fiery and you know tear people apart on the ice. But also his name is Curtis Joseph. So one for four. One for four on four questions today, my friend. <laughs> Good, good, good questions, and uh, I look forward to keeping my two for four mark. Yeah, well, you were one for four today, so now your average is one point five for four. <laughs> uh, does it round up, or how's that work? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'll see what happens. <laughs> oh man. Uh, well, well, GH, I know, I know, time is valuable, and we're getting close to the little over the 30 minute mark on our podcast try to keep it so listeners are um attentive but then listen to us squawk around for an hour but i want to say you thank you once again for being on the podcast this week and best of luck going week five and best of luck with your halloween halloween <laughs> decoration contest okay friend i appreciate it as always all right take care of yourself okay bye bye and that's going to do it for us today, everybody. I want to thank GH, of course, for being my wonderful and fun guest, best friend. I appreciate it. Hopefully you listen to our words about things that might be able to help you in week five. Go pick up those players we mentioned and hope you enjoyed our analysis week four, of course. Thank you to our wonderful sponsor, Rico's Cheese. Without them, I would not be able to feed my children. <laughs> but they do help out, so we love you guys out there. And of course, thank you to all the listeners. Without you, I wouldn't be here. So we appreciate the tens and tens of listens and downloads we get every week. <laughs> But wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure you give us a like, give us a follow, give us a five-star rating. If you have Twitter, please follow us at TacoFFL. Drop me a line. Um, we'll be happy to bring your notes here onto the podcast. And who knows? You yourself may end up on here and win a Rico's prize pack. <laughs> Stranger things have happened. <laughs> but anyway, best of luck in week five, everybody. This is Spicy Gumbo on the Taco Tuesday Fantasy Football League podcast. Signing off. <laughs>